we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dang. Everybody come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. most dangerous morning show, DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch. Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Pay for everybody. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 yo. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Yes, it's Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week. Oh man, we here. What's happening? How y'all feeling? Man, that Mega Millions jackpot is over a billion dollars. Woo! Man, clearly nobody won, and nobody. Nobody won. Yes, there was some. You know, ticket winners, people won like a million dollars here and there, but no big winners. I got to check mine. Nobody in this room won. No. I didn't even we play. All here. I'm about yeah. to play now. Yeah. Oh. I think I will come to work if I won still for a few days. Because you don't billion? want everybody to know yet. Who's going to know? I just said I got COVID. 
then I'll be down there cashing I my I still come to work and I'll feel be, good about I'm it. I'm going to say I got COVID. I'm going to be down there cashing my check. And then, you know, I'm going to pray and just see what God takes me in life. <laughs> yeah. See what God wants. I didn't even come in. I'm not, I'm not even going to say I got COVID. I'm just going to change my number on you. A Billy? I don't know what I would do. To be honest with you, we all say we all say what we would do when we get that that that, that hit that, hit that Mega Millions. But who knows? I play the Mega Millions all the time though. This ain't nothing new. I play Mega Millions and Powerball all the time. I've been playing Powerball since it came to South Carolina as part of the Powerball uh, South Carolina Education Lottery. So it's just a habit at this point. Now, if you cash out, you get about six hundred million dollars. I'm fine with that. That's cool. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm one point seven billion. How does, how does that gonna look on the one sign? One billion. Yeah, one billion. Oh, it's one billion. One point oh two five. How that's gonna look on the sign? You know, when you're driving and you see the sign and it says how much. Yeah. You I don't think I ain't it can never say. seen that. No. That's like when you try to uh, put a number in the calculator and it's too high, so it just end up being a bunch of zeros. Mm. I wonder what that's gonna look like. I wonder if you take that uh, monthly payout or whatever. What that is? I would never take. No, I would never take I'm that. I'm the one lump sum. Yeah, that's people that just don't play lottery. That you take that lump sum, sense. keep it moving. That's right. Give me that one you lump pay sum. Pay less taxes though. Who yeah. cares? Why do you need that lump sum? Why not? Yeah, I want to be able to give it to my family, <laughs> give it to people I want to give it to, and friends. Like I ain't waiting to. But you can still allowance. give it. That's a lot of money all the time. Nah, I don't want that. I don't give me want that whole no allowance. Thing. That's right. Give me, give me it's that my whole money. lump sum. Give my money, Mr. IRS. That's when people man. go crazy when they get all that money at once. Uncle Sam, take what you need to take, and you know I'll, I'll figure out the rest. Absolutely, we'll be fine. No allowance. And you know what? Um, shout out to uh, Jose, the credit dude. He's been up here yesterday. He had a, a kickball game, his first annual kickball game. Ooh. And what it was was it was people. You really Dominican, bro. Uh, I mean, I just played kickball with Donnell. I mean, you are absolutely my team against Donnell's team. Nah, we did you it because be playing handball in a second. Nah, you stupid. There's so many people that are into whether it's credit, into real estate, into generational wealth, into financial literacy. It was just a bunch of people that are in that space so that you can actually talk to people. So EYL, shout out to the brothers Mernia Leisure. They what had guys. a team. Uh, Caesar had a team. Uh, I had a team. The credit dude, and we just had a, a <sighs> huge kickball game. We bodied EYL. Like it was my team versus EYL. Bodied Rashad and Troy. Bodied them. They was Salute out to early. My guys, man. Salute to EYL. Uh, we we actually did lose, but it was just a, a good fun. You lost. Time. I thought you said you bodied them. It was it was a tournament, so I, I you know we beat them out, and then I finally lost. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Y'all lost. Yeah, we did lose, but Salute to EYL. It was man. a good time because we people were able to ask questions about <laughs> real estate while they were and, playing and, kickball. Yeah, because it was a whole event. So not every team was playing at the same time. So while two teams are playing, other people are just walking around talking to people. And then two more teams are playing, and then you're talking to people. So they people got a chance to, to, to get the knowledge that they needed to ask questions about whether it was credit or real estate or stocks or crypto or whatever it may be, which was pretty dope. And the event was free, so there, it was no... No charge and nothing like that. It was just a, a give back event. So it was pretty dope yesterday. Man, when we played Donnell's team, it was the streets versus the creeks. And my team was the streets. We killed Donnell, but Donnell injured himself early on in the game. He pulled something. So he couldn't even play. In kickball? Yes. <laughs> Salute to my guys, EYL, though, man. Uh, they got Invest Fest August 5th through the 7th in Atlanta. I'll be out there. Uh, on the 6th, and then, you know, EYL, they're doing the Black Effect Podcast Festival on August 28th in uh, Brooklyn, mm -hmm. you know? So go get your tickets at blackeffect.com slash podcast festival. Yeah, they're going to be hanging out with me this Sunday. We're doing a, a, a seminar in the city. They're going to be speaking on that, so shout out to those brothers. But let's get the show cracking. Mm -hmm. All right, front page news, what are we talking about? All right, well, we already talked about the Mega Millions, so let's talk about Brittany Griner. She will testify in a Russian court. As her trial continues, we'll tell you about the message that she sent. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots 
being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. To her partner. My man, Young Dolph. Man. Rest in peace, Dolph. Brother would have been 37 years old today, brother. Didn't even really get to live, man. Dropping a clues bombs for Young Dolph. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I'll never understand people who lie about their age or hide their age. Every year is truly a blessing, man. Absolutely. That brother would have been only 37 years old today. Imagine 30. You know how young 37 is? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. All right. Well, let's get in some front page news. What are we starting, Easy? All right. Well, Brittany Griner is expected to testify in a Russian courtroom today. It's part of her ongoing trial on drug charges. She's facing, as you know, up to 10 years in prison. So they did confirm that she is testifying, and uh, prosecutors will also have the opportunity to question her. She pleaded guilty at the court near Moscow earlier this month, a decision that the defense hopes will be taken into account by the court and perhaps give her a less severe sentence. They're really dragging this. I mean, Jesus Christ. It was just a vape cartridge, Russia. Jeez. Now, now, in the meantime, she had a message for her wife, Sherelle Griner, who recently graduated from law school. Here is what she said. Do you want to say something to Sherelle? Good luck on the bar exam. How do you feel? Do you have any complaints? No, no complaints. She said no complaints, just waiting patiently, but she did wish her good luck on the bar exam. And she was... Uh, she was holding up two photographs, and she said, my wife, my two best friends, my teammates, those were the photographs. Mm. Well, hold your head, Brittany. It'll be all, it'll, be all, it'll come to a conclusion soon. All right, the United States now leads the globe in confirmed monkeypox cases, according to new data that was published by the CDC. And so there is a total of 3,846 known monkeypox ca- cases as of Monday. And that surpasses um, Spain and Germany. They have about 3,100 and 2,300 cases. Can, can you just tell me about it? Because I, I, I'm not going to front. I, I've heard about it, but I really don't know much about it. How long do you have it for? Do you have to, you know, quarantine for five days? And is there, you know, what can you take for it? Is there... Well, symptoms usually start within... Yeah, they do have a vaccine. That's mm-hmm. been hard to get, by the way. You have to make an appointment to get one. Um, now, the symptoms usually start within three weeks of exposure to the virus. So Damn, they anticipate... There may be an increase in cases throughout the month, and it typically occurs through close contact for an extended period of time or contact with articles of clothing, bedding, towels that have been in contact. Here's a guy who actually has monkeypox, and here's what he had to say about it. If you hear of a friend or a loved one that has this, message them, support them, ask them if they need anything, just let them know that they're not some kind of pariah, that they're not dirty, and that it's gonna be okay, it's not lethal, it's just very temporary, and it's scary for the moment. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, the vast majority of those cases, 99% of the cases reported domestically have been related to male-to-male sexual contact. Why do they keep and, saying that? And they did confirm that two children in the U.S. tested positive for monkeypox. One case has occurred in a toddler who is a resident of California, and the other is an infant who is a non-U.S. resident. Do you realize how much of a negative stereotype that is when they keep saying that it's spread mostly through man-on-man sex? Because anybody who gets it, you know, now they're going to be uh, open to, to, to ridicule and being teased and being called gay. And what if they're not? Like, you can't say, hey, it's mostly spread by uh, people through man-on-man sex then turn around and say, but it's not exclusive to them. Like, why even put that well, out there? Well, 99% is a huge percentage, though. I guess they're just putting out the facts. But it's, so it it's, And then they say it's not an STD? Sense. Like... It, once again, they putting out all this information about something that doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, no, I guess they putting out the facts. And how long does it last when you do have it? I don't know how long it lasts. 
I'm sure it differs and varies in, from person to person. I just wonder. So, question. You said how much you said? You said 99%. From male to male sexual contact. So if you not have male to male sexual contact, you shouldn't have to worry about it. Well, there's a one percent chance you can get it, and there's I mean these infants. We just told you about two children that have. So it. if it's a one percent chance of people who are not uh, having male to male sex contact getting it, why are they putting it in the news every single day? I just don't understand why they say that. They turn around and say it's not exclusive to uh, gay men. That makes no sense to me. I don't know why they putting the target on gay men's back like that. That makes no sense. All right. Well, that is your front page news. That makes sense to you? It does not. Oh, okay. It, it does not. I mean, obviously, these infants didn't have. Milk. That's my point. You know, but so why but if ninety nine percent is, a, like is a huge percentage, I guess they're giving out facts, it's but letting it, you know like that's mainly how it spreads. Then they say it's not an STD, and they say it's not exclusive to gay men. So why keep highlighting but the be fact careful that it's spread through man-on-man right. sex? That makes no sense to me. It's more of a risk in that community, is what they're saying. Hmm. All right. Well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent. Phone lines are wide open. We'd love to hear from you. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what up, man? It's T.I. the 803. What up, bro? Metro. Get it off your chest. Uh, thank you. Jenkinsville, Charlemagne, you know I got to represent. Jenkinsville, what's happening, King? Ain't nothing, man. I got a few things I want to get off my chest, man, but I'm going to hurry up because I know y'all hang up on me. No, Envy be hanging up on people. I don't, but go ahead. Hey, hey, he hung up on me yesterday. I was the one that called about to another player. See? Yeah, just hang up on me. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I want to give a shout-out to the, the person who took my $400 out of my account. What? And Bank of America. Yeah, I, yeah, I got hit. All the way from Los Angeles and Bank of America. Shout out to them, too, for giving me to run around about my money. How the hell they just took $400 out? You sure you didn't try to turn You didn't try to turn 400 to 4000 bro, on Instagram? I, no, I go to work, man. I don't, I don't mess with the scams and the PPP loans and all that, dude. Okay. But, yeah, they got me. Man, I get it back from Bank of America. Just give me the house. Brother, so shout out to them. All and, right. Um, yeah, and Charlemagne, I, I know you like comedy and all that, man. So this time, you in South Carolina. August the field man at the Crystal Ballroom. My boy Johnny Mack, straight out of Fairfield, Winsboro. Hey, he funny. He, he up and coming. He'll be running around soon, but check him out, man. Uh, if anybody around at the Crystal Ballroom. Johnny Mack, Crystal Ballroom. Yeah, Spartanburg, Spartanburg, South Carolina. 864. I will do, sir. All righty. Hello, who's this? Uh, Gene. Gene from New Jersey. Hey, Gene, what up? Get it off your chest. Yeah, I have an issue I want to get off my chest, man. I have a problem. Uh, first of all, good morning to everybody. Good morning. Uh, good morning. My issue is with Charlamagne. I don't know why nobody got on Charlamagne's case. So Charlamagne is a champion for mental health rights, something that I actually uh, am, uh, you know, support. You know, I go to therapy. and uh, But then I heard you make a joke about uh, the guy that came on the radio the other day. He was like, yeah, well, he, uh, he got a problem because that fat woman rolled over on top of him. So I'm like, how you gonna champion? You can't champion mental health rights, bro, and mental health, and then make offhanded comments about people who suffer from mental health issues as a result of issues like obesity. When do you make fun of that? I don't know what he's talking about. You know what you probably heard, bro? And, 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 and it's the no, 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 no. I know exactly what I heard. But you, just, uh, one morning, I gave a donkey, gave a donkey, gave to somebody, and you asked specifically uh, what the issue was, and you said 
Oh no, she was when he rolled over. She rolled over on top of him. Yeah, you know what you probably heard, bro. You probably heard. I know what uh, I heard. You you want to listen to me or you gonna <laughs> cut me off so I can explain? I'm okay, you probably heard an old clip because what they do is they play old donkeys all the time and play old clips. No, I, I don't think that was old. That was though. An old clip? No, but but I think that you taking it out of context. Like, why? What's the problem with her rolling over on top of him? No, the issue with her rolling on top of with the the inference that you made was that uh, he should have had an issue with her being heavy and rolling over on top of him. How you get how you how you how you get that from me saying she she, she got on top of? <laughs> okay, so. No, I'm asking. I didn't. I, you said I didn't say that. I, I don't remember her being obese. I, but you said that. It's my fault for not remembering the entire. Uh, <laughs> either way, man. I don't know. Either way, uh, there's nothing wrong no, with. But that with huh? But that, that's not the only one, though. And you know, because I'm a big fan, though. By the way, and like the the one that really got under my skin was uh, <laughs> the time when uh, the girl with the, the the baby father who dropped off the food. Yeah, I was dead wrong on that because I've been in McDonald's. Yeah, and I've been a kid, and so if you're in a relationship with a woman, right? I said, I, I said children, that I said the guy should have bought all the kids food. Really, Charlemagne? That's what I said. I absolutely said the guy should have bought. Hey, really, hang up on this guy. Now, hang up on him. I don't. I don't. Really? I, I need you to have your facts straight you told me before you talk. You just tell them not to hang up. Now you gotta hang up. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay, you're right. But I, 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 I you got to, you got to have your facts straight, brother. I was actually the one that you got to do. You got the facts. You got to have your facts straight, brother. And and listen, I'm not perfect. You know what I'm saying? I'm going. I'm going. I'm gonna continue to. I like making jokes. That's part. That's actually part of my mental health routine. That makes me that that brings all me joy. All right, we'll but get, I I absolutely uh said that guy should have bought all those kids food. If he got, I mean, he might not be able to afford it. I'm not going back to have this debate with you. Me neither. <laughs> okay, this, but he was holding that he was holding that in for a while. Yeah, but you got to have your information right. I hate to have it right. No, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Power one zero five one. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Aisha calling from Virginia, but always ripping Dallas 214. Okay, Dallas, you home? You, are you a Cowboys fan? I am. Let's go. Am. Let's go. <laughs> I'm in Dallas this weekend, actually. Good, good morning, mama. Good morning, good morning. I just wanted to get it off my chest. Um, my car is in the shop right now, and I feel like these dealerships just be fixing piece by piece just to get you back in there to spend more money. They're talking about now I got to pay $2,000 because something is wrong with the inside of my engine. But oh, I just had my car fixed two months ago. Damn. Well, don't worry, because them, them dealerships are gonna about to be hit in a minute. <sighs> All those cars that they purchased overpriced, those cars are coming down in price. They're going to be upside down. So they they gonna they gonna feel it in a little bit, and that's what they probably feeling it now. So they probably charging people for extra ish. Tell Envy you feel them, but they ain't got nothing to do with your engine right now. I know, right? And then they said the parts is only like five hundred, and the label is fifteen hundred. I can do it myself. You can't do it yourself. How you know what this woman can do? She might have went to trade school. I can get on YouTube. I can get on YouTube and figure See? out exactly what to do. That's right. All right. Figure it out, boo. Sometimes you, you might you might have to do that to, to save some money. That's going to take you probably three weeks to do that. What, what What's wrong with the car? I mean, but that's okay. That's okay because right now my boyfriend helping me out, you know, with his car. Can that's I tell him out real quick? Yes, sure. please. 
Okay, I want to shout out my boyfriend, uh, Seven to Save. He also has a podcast called Porch Stories uh, on all major platforms, YouTube uh, as well, and TikTok and Instagram. All okay. right, well, thank you. Good luck, mama. Thank y'all so much. If I was you, I'd put my cash app out there just in case somebody feels, you know, want to help you okay, out a little so bit. my cash app <laughs> is ababy2717 if anybody want to help me because my car is literally in the shop right now. <laughs> all right, mama, have a good one. Thank you, you too. You too, now, Mama. Yeah, where Brittany Griner be getting them fresh ass outfits from? She had on the cross color jacket just now. You know, y'all be paying attention to I her. I seen court. the first one, but I was like, I was like, did she get pulled? Like when she got yeah, did they let her get all the clothes? Yeah, Must be luggage. right. I don't know. Damn. Yeah. Hello, who's this? This is um, Tasha, um, calling from the seven oh four. Good morning. Get it off your um, chest. I just want to get a couple things off my chart. First, I want to say happy birthday to my boyfriend Daniel. He's turned thirty one. Happy birthday. Nice. Secondly, I want to give a shout out to my family, the Huntley family. My grandmother, she's 89 years old. She still get around. Hey. We have 11 kids. My grandma, my mo- I mean, my mother is the 11th child. We're just a blessed family. Well, well congratulations. That's beautiful. I love, my dad turns 80 this year. I'm, I'm I'm excited, man. And he still gets around. He still does what he does. And love him, kiss him, hug him, and give him anything they want. Yeah, that's what we do. We all just go see her all the time. I mean, all I mean, it's so many grandkids, and we all live around her. We still embrace her. She's still in her right mind. I have two kids, seven and eight. They still, you know, they get to see her. She that's can walk. Beautiful. It's just a blessing. And I pray to God I get to see 90 years on this planet. And that's you know, the incredible. Great thing about it is, is FaceTime. Like, you know, FaceTime is so amazing because the grandparents can see their kids, grandkids every day and they see everything. And I love it. My mom and my dad stay on FaceTime every day. Well, That's beautiful. I love you guys. We love you Thank back. You. Tell grandma we say happy birthday. Definitely. All right, mama. All right, bye. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and Chris Rock sat down with Kevin Hart and talked about people saying that his comedy mainly appeals to white people. Find out what his response is. All right, we'll get into that next. This <coughs> is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. JMV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Lil Duval. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. All right, well, hopefully little Duval is okay. He posted himself on a stretcher, and he said, somebody hit me in a car while I was on my four-wheeler. Now my leg broke, and I got to get flown over to Nassau and have surgery. So hopefully everything is okay with him. Prayers up for my guy, man. He FaceTimed me uh, yesterday from the hospital when he was high off morphine. Mm-hmm. Listen, just, let's just say little Duval is forever with a comedian. And that's the, the scariest part when you're on vacation and you do those excursions. That you hope that, you know, if something does happen, that, you know, whatever hospital that's close by can help you out. Because he had to fly over to another. The Nassau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another Scoot island. So We were on vacation once in Jamaica, and my friend, the four-wheeler flipped over on her arm. And she, we had to go to the hospital in Kingston. And we spent, like, eight hours in the hospital that day. Mm. Yeah, my cousin, the same thing. He uh, A four-wheeler fell on him, and I think he broke his leg. And it was just, it was hard to get a, attention and get help. So yeah, I think du- Duval broke his leg, too. Wow. They had to get a bunch yeah, of people to lift the four wheeler up off of her. Wow. She was screaming. Wow, wow, wow. I'm sending healing energy Absolutely. to my brother, uh, Little Duval. Salute to my man, Clay, man. Uh, and I'm just glad that my guy's, my guy's still here with us. Absolutely. 
All right, now Chris Rock did an interview with Kevin Hart for his Peacock TV series, Heart to Heart. And he spoke a lot of things. Uh, one of the things that he talked about was people saying his comedy mainly appeals to white people. When it was time to do my next special, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, oh, you think only white people like me? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to the Apollo. Mm -hmm. And there ain't going to be no white people nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to call the special biggest. This is the blackest special you will ever see. I, I have fought battles. I've told to shut up in, in comedy clubs. It's the success of the comedian that has found a way to cross over and appeal to all. People remove the word universal and they just throw in the the word white. I, I never thought that when I came to Chris Rock's comedy. I never thought that. I'm sitting there thinking, well, I must be white because Chris Rock's comedy has been appealing to me for damn near 30 years. It's been black. I love all his stand-up specials. Yeah. Everybody Hates Chris is one of my favorite sitcoms ever, yeah. so I must be transracial because I'm black, but I highly enjoy Chris's comedy, so I guess that means I identify as white. I used to love when Chris Rock had his Chris Rock show on HBO, <laughs> Who are you talking too. About? That's what I'm saying. Like, people say that, and I'm always confused because Chris Rock has been so black in the mainstream for so long. I'm talking about black Black. I mean, but Kevin Hart said uh, Kevin Hart said people said similar things about him, and they talked about a lot of other comedians that were quote unquote mainstream, like Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, and Martin Lawrence. And another thing that they discussed, I've never seen it with none of those. All of those brothers are blackity black. I mean, I guess they know what people say about them. So who are these people? We are the people. Yeah, we we, we, we the, the, we the people. If we the consumers. They that they heard it. I'm sure they heard I, I, it. I don't know where they're hearing that from because Chris Rock. <laughs> First of all, you, you can't be called a white, uh, say that your comedy appeals to white people when you use crack as much as Chris Rock used to use what crack. I'm, that's what I was saying. The only one that I was I was a little late on, I was a little late on Dave Chappelle. Dave, now Dave early on late. appealed to a lot of white people. That's, now that's that's the only one. Yeah, but I think the movie Eddie, Half Baked was part of the reason for that. Half Baked, that. yeah, because Killing Me Softly was a great stand-up special, but even then he had a, a large white fan base. To me, it wasn't until he put out the Chappelle show where black exactly. people started gravitating towards Chappelle. Yeah, but everybody else there was... Blackity black, 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 from the beginning. Chris Rock was pokey. Like play, play, play my favorite Chris Rock drop, uh, Eddie. One time, come on, you know what I want to hear. Just in case y'all thought he wasn't black. Okay. All right, well he's getting that ready. Let's talk about what else happened in this interview. Uh, so he also talked about Kevin Hart talked about the best advice that Chris Rock ever gave him. Hit it, crack, crack ass, crack. <laughs> One of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten was from you in regards to comedy. It was, hey. Don't be local. Go be funny for everybody. And when I think about what that meant, and I think about you in your prime and even in now, well, you define funny differently because you stay true to yourself. You never, you never shy away from what you feel, but you made everybody grasp what it was that you were trying to say. It was never a barrier of language of what, what does he mean? All right. Well, that is your rumor report. You can watch that whole interview again. Like we said, that's heart to heart on Peacock. I just want y'all to know that Chris Rock is back saying my favorite word too. In the special, that's all I'm gonna say. Chris Rock is back saying my. Hey, Eddie, crack an ass, crack <laughs> I didn't know he stopped. No, he did he for a while. Cause yeah. he, he even stopped doing the uh, N word versus black people joke for a while. But he, yeah, he 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 wasn't saying that like that. What word? Crack an ass, crack Yeah, oh. but. Yeah, you're going to hear it a few times in this new material. <laughs> That's dope. So he just says it completely like, cracker ass, cracker? Well, I mean, not exactly in that context, but he says it a few times. Oh, cracker okay. ass, cracker? Right, you should go see it. You should go see it. Damn. Ego Def. Ego Def uh, tours. Uh, he's out. I think he's out for the rest of the year. He's out. He's on the roll. 
All right. Well, shout out to Chris Rock and Kevin Hart, man. And Dave Chappelle. That's right. All right. Now, front page news, what are we talking about? Uh, well, let's talk about Instagram. There's a whole thing going around, a petition. They want to bring back the old Instagram again. The Instagram sucks right now. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Wherever you're going this summer, take Audible along. Listen to best-selling audiobooks like me and my wife's Real Life, Real Love book, exclusive originals, and podcasts all in the Audible app. Take a trip with the best in audio entertainment. Sign up for a free 30-day trial at audible.com slash breakfast. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get into front page news. 
Yeah, shout to uh, Bun B and Chill Burgers. They're bringing burgers up here for everybody this morning. I saw he was on Good Morning America yesterday, right? Yeah, so he said he wants to stop by, just bring some burgers. He wants us to try his burgers, even if it's a bite or two. He just wants us to put that meat in it. Did in he get me mouth. some vegan burgers? I've been wanting a Trill Burger for a long, 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 long time. But I'm not eating a Trill Burger <laughs> at 7 o'clock yeah, in the morning. Just take a bite, one bite. No, I'm going to save it until later on, lunchtime. All right, well, there you go. I'm not doing that. All right, where we start, Yeezy? Damn, bun. All right, well, let's start. <laughs> that sounds like Envy playing that. Well, well, what else can he do? It. You got something to go. She got something to do. I got something to do. We, uh, what do I have to do? Christ. What are you talking about me for? I don't know where we going to be I'm here. You guys are the ones that Very are leaving, not plan. me. Very poor plan. He's here. Put don't put that on me. On she yeah, got I do, something to do. do. Yeah, I do. I have to go host Good Day New York this morning. See, you that's you guys. That's not me. I didn't. Don't put me in it. No buns in town this morning. Shout out to Bumpy. Okay, there Let's you go. are. You good? I'm great. Okay. Now, Instagram, there's a petition for people to make Instagram, Instagram again. Kylie Jenner posted, stop trying to be TikTok. I just want to see cute photos of my friends. Sincerely, everyone. Kim Kardashian posted it as well. And so there's also a change.org petition that they reposted to their stories. That's the petition. Yeah, Instagram sucks now. And so now it has over 150,000 people that signed it. And Adam Asseri, who's been up here before in The Breakfast Club, he's the CEO, he responded. And here's what he had to say about what's happening on Instagram right now. He said, I want to address a few things we're working on to make Instagram a better experience. Please let me know what you think. The second thing I'm hearing a lot of concerns about right now are photos and how we're shifting to video. Now, I want to be clear. We're going to continue to support photos. It's part of our heritage. You know, I love photos. I know a lot of you out there love photos too. That said, I need to be honest. I do believe that more and more of Instagram is going to become video over time. We see this even if we change nothing. We see this even if you just look at chronological feed. If you look at what people share on Instagram, that's shifting more and more to videos over time. If you look at what people like and consume and view on Instagram, that's also shifting more and more to video over time, even when we stop changing anything. So we're going to have to lean into that shift while continuing to support photos. I don't like the new timelines that they have I'm, all of a sudden people just start po pulling up on yeah, my timeline the recommendations I hate when it's like yeah. I don't want to see this person yeah, who yeah. is this That's here's what he had to say about that the third thing I want to talk about is recommendations recommendations are posts in your feed from accounts that you do not follow the idea is to help you discover new and interesting things on Instagram that you might not know even exist. Now, if you're seeing things in your feed that are recommendations that you're not interested in, that means that we're doing a bad job ranking and we need to improve. And you can X out a recommendation. You can even snooze all recommendations for up to a month or go to your following feed. But we're going to continue to try and get better at recommendations because we think it's one of the most effective no. and important ways no. to help creators reach no. more people. We no. want to do our best by creators, no. particularly small creators. Nope. And I hate it. Stop recommending and showing me content from people I don't follow. I think I've uh, beaten that, though. I think because when you block a bunch of them, when you like hit like five or ten of them, it'll stop showing them to you all together. I'm going to tell you what else y'all protest. Y'all need to be protesting against those damn bots asking me if I yes. want something long and hard. Okay. Well, I mean, stop telling me you want me for breakfast. That's a that's recommendation. Because of what you search. I that's get a recommendation. When you search something, that is not you true. You probably search that's something long and hard. That's you probably look for glizzies. Mm -hmm. That's a damn and lie. It sounds like that's a damn and lie. They, they show you glizzies. That's a damn lie. And, yeah. those, and those bots attack you so fast. You think you done posted something and just <laughs> ripping. You like, oh shoot, this thing got eighty comments in twenty seconds. And, and then you go, <laughs> and then it's just a bunch of women talking about, uh, let me, uh, let me have you for breakfast. What would you do if you found me alone in a room? Call the police, white woman. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Ask me stupid-ass questions. 
<laughs> yeah, they need to stop that. All that sponsor stuff, I, I really, really hate All right, it. now he also talked about full screen, IG, and other things. One is, if you're seeing a new full screen version of a feed, or you're hearing about it, know that that is a test. It's a test to a few percentage of people out there, and the idea is that a more full screen experience, not only for videos, but for photos, might be a more fun, engaging experience. But I also want to be clear, it's not yet good. And we're gonna have to get it to a good place if we're gonna ship it to the rest of the Instagram community. Now, this is a lot of change all at once, but know that a number of things about Instagram are gonna stay the same. We're gonna stay committed to creators more broadly. We're gonna stay committed to supporting photos. We're gonna stay in a place where we try and put your friend's content at the top of feed and the front of stories whenever possible. But we're also gonna to need to evolve. Hey, by the way, y'all tripping though. I, 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 I don't just want pictures on Instagram. I like the videos and reels. I think that is a great way uh, to get information out. So I, 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 I disagree with that part of it now. Are people saying they don't like having seeing videos on Instagram? Cause I like watching videos. No, I like the Instagram. videos too, but I like the pictures. I, the way that they do it now, people don't get to see your pictures that follow you anymore. It's, it's real weird if you, if you notice it. Like some people never get to see your pictures anymore. It's a lot of shadow banning going on. A lot on. of shadow banning, yeah. which I hate. We need to bring him back up here when when Adam gets a second because we I, it's, it's so many other questions and mm. I feel like they're not doing anything to fix it. All right, Adam, pull up. Let's see what happens. And that is your front page. Adam, I think Adam got an open door policy. I got to clear with Boosie first, but I'm pretty sure Adam can come up here whenever he want to. Mm. Got to make sure. Yeah, <laughs> got to make sure Boosie allows it. <laughs> no, nah, but. Not, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care. It's, 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 none of these social media platforms are. You know what I mean? They can turn all of these things off tomorrow, and we just going to have to figure something else out. Because before Instagram, it was just TwitPic. Remember TwitPic? Mm -hmm. When they used to just post pictures on Twitter, and then Instagram came along, and then TikTok. All this stuff is new. It'll be something else in the next couple of weeks. Fan bases out there. It's a bunch of different platforms, man. All right. Now, when we come back, uh, who's joining us? I know they have the Aftershock documentary. Uh, Tanya Lewis Lee. Tanya Lewis Lee, yes. As no, well as Omari, who Omari, is yeah. featured in the documentary. His wife uh, died after giving birth. It was preventable. Mm -hmm. And they're going to talk about how black women have three to four times more likely to have issues, die during childbirth and right after. All right. And we'll get to that next. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got some special guests joining us this morning. Uh, they produced the Aftershock documentary. Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard. Good morning. Good morning. How are y'all? Good morning. Good What's happening? Uh, all is well. Things are great. There's a lot of awesome conversation happening, especially, you know, specifically with this month being BIPOC Mental Health Month. Mm -hmm. But... Aftershock in itself is just such a dope film. I'm so excited that it's actually out now and it's streaming on Hulu. Let's so, talk about it. It examines the uh, maternal mortality rate definitely, in America. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Especially for black women, too. And I think this is something we've discussed, how that rate is so much higher than white women. Yeah, uh, black women are dying at three to four times the rate of white women from childbirth complications in New York City. Uh, and it is it is a crisis. It's a national crisis that people haven't been talking about. That's why I directed and produced the film so that we could have a conversation. I'm so grateful to Amari mm -hmm. for uh, allowing us to come into his life at a very uh, difficult time and open himself up to the camera so that everybody can understand what it's like for a family to lose someone from childbirth complications and what it takes for someone to pick themselves up and not only heal for themselves, but also try to heal the community, because that's really what Amari's doing. No, I love the fact that y'all did Aftershock from the perspective of two men, because that's 
One of the reasons I got a doula, we went and got Latham because I saw uh, Charles Johnson. Are you familiar with Charles That's Johnson? Right. Mm-hmm. I saw Charles Johnson on CNN back in the day, and I just could not imagine, you know, something like that happening. And my, my second daughter was born because of an emergency C-section. Like, she was born a month early and, you know, got rushed to the hospital, did the C-section, and I it, that could have went, you know, either way. And it's from that point on, I just had, like, such an anxiety surrounding childbirth that I never wanted to be in there alone without having a a, a doula. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting you bring that up anxiety because I think that unfortunately in this country and and given this crisis that there is anxiety and fear and I really think that we need to shift the culture because birthing should be an exciting, empowering time for a woman and for her family. And it should not be anxiety producing. I mean, we've been birthing since forever. That's why we're all here. And I think part of the issue is that we have, you know, as technology has advanced, we have moved into more of, as uh, Helena Grant says in the film, a technocratic patriarchal model of birthing, which can create some issues. So I, I liken it to farm to table that that now we've got to come back a little bit and look at what the midwives did back in the past and use a little bit of what they've done and a little bit of the of the medical technocratic model, but not the way it is because that's really what's killing us. Helena Grant also talks about how when a woman is birthing a child, she's not just birthing that child, she's birthing a mother. And so the process of labor, yes, it can hurt, it can be painful, but you know we shouldn't be afraid of that either. That That is a process that we go through so that we are powerful mothers. I agree with you 100%. It's just so difficult when you go in these hospitals that are majority white driven. It's a lot of white nurses, a lot of white doctors. They're not looking at, you know, I remember one time for our third child, like they didn't even have any epidurals, like literally in the hospital. And they was just like, well, baby's right there. You can just push it out. And I'm like, you know, yeah. like, how are you supposed to react to something like well, that? Well, yeah, no, and I, I completely agree with you. And I, I think we can start thinking about the fact that we can we can be consumers here if we can and find the right situation for you. If you want to birth <clears throat> in a hospital with a doctor, just with a doctor, you can do that. But if you want to bring a doula into that, that's great, too. You could birth in a birthing center with a midwife and a doula, maybe without an epidural, with that in mind that you're going into that process. People can birth at home with a midwife and a doula and a doctor on call, if that's what makes them feel comfortable. And I really think it's about finding the right environment and the right support around a woman. Um, It should be woman-centered and she needs to figure out what she needs around her because I agree, like you don't want to be in a hospital necessarily where there's a a bunch of white people looking at you like you're crazy, Mm -hmm. don't really believe you when you say you're having pain, Mm -hmm. Uh, you're asking for things and they're, you know, discounting you. That, That is not the type of environment anyone wants to be giving birth in. And sometimes it feels like, and you point this out too, it's like the midwife or the doula against the doctor and it's not like they're working together in Mm -hmm. tandem. Right. You know, and they should be. I Mm -hmm. mean, every other industrialized nation has midwives integrated into women's health care so that women interface with the with the midwife first. If there is a problem, because midwives, separate from doulas, midwives are clinicians that can do just about anything a doctor can except for cut you. The OB-GYNs are surgeons. They, They are surgeons. We need them. They're important. But they're ready to do surgery. 
midwives are there to hang out and take the time and allow your body to do what it's supposed to do. And if they're working together, that's the best situation so that if a complication occurs, you've got the doctor right there mm-hmm. who is ready to come in. But if we're not working together and in tandem, then it becomes a fight between the power. Who is more powerful, the doctor or the midwife? Uh, but we need to figure out how to work together. And even when it comes to C-sections, uh, you've spoken about how that's been on the rise. I think like 70% more C-sections are happening. Why are hospitals so quick to be like, mm. you got to get a C-section? More money. Yeah, yeah, yeah well. that's what it is, essentially. So we talk about in the film, the rates of C-sections, about 60%. 60% of C-sections are not needed. But like Charlemagne just said, it's about $15,000 you get for a vaginal birth. And it takes about eight to 12 hours, right, to go through that whole process. But a C-section, you make double the amount of money. It takes about 45 minutes. It's scheduled. So a doctor, and if you want to go catch a golf exactly. court game or dinner, you can go do that. Exactly. And that's what I was just about to say. In, in the film, there's a part of it where all the nurses and doctors are in the, you know, the, the forum. And they're talking about the scheduled C-sections. They, but they're not talking about people by their name. It's all numbered XY2578, scheduled C-section for this time. Um, XY375, she's, you know, got already had a C-section, so she needs another, like, so it's a really monetized model where it's it's almost similar to the prison system, Mm -hmm. where everybody kind of has this serial number, and that's how people are looked at, not necessarily as people, but as commodities. I thank God for information, and I thank God for, you know, Latham, because, like, I can still hear the fear in my wife's voice when she had to think about having a C-section for the second time mm-hmm. you know after she had the one for our second child they told her when she got pregnant again she was going to have to have the another B-back. C-section right. and it yeah. was already mm-hmm. scheduled and everything and just a random conversation with, with Latham and I just asked her and she was like no she doesn't have to have a C-section and so that's when she first got with Latham and Latham walked her through that process and she ended up having the um, vag- vaginal she birth oh, you know? that's amazing yeah for our third and fourth child that so, is awesome. really amazing yeah, awesome. she was able to do that yep. and like you say she had the support of someone who was like hold mm-hmm. on a second we can do this yep. because without that support she's being pushed into having that 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 C-section which happens to too many women alright we got more with Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard when we come back and don't forget next hour we have Ask Ye if you need relationship advice or any type of advice you can call Ye right now should help you out. You can get on those phone lines. But we got more with Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard when we come back. It's the Breakfast Love Good Morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking with Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard. Now, another thing that you guys discuss is what happens after a woman gives birth, right? What's going on with going back to the doctor, getting checked up on? And Omari, I know for you, you feel that that death could have been prevented. Yeah, most definitely. Just throughout the entire process, Shimani was healthy. She was strong. We tried to have a VBAC as well, the vaginal birth um, after C-section. Um, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But when we left the hospital, I left with my daughter, I mean, excuse me, my, my son and my partner. You know, so I thought everything was, was fine. And the subsequent days, you know, she was complaining about chest pain. She was complaining about having um, shortness of breath. She was complaining about not being able to walk. You know, and do these certain things. And, you know, our family has been in this maternal space for a while. So her mom was like, this sounds like a pulmonary embolism. We went to the doctor three times within that two week period to go <laughs> let them know, like, this is the problem. These are the issues. This is how she's feeling. And every time we went, because of the fact that Shimani's scheduled visit for her checkup was six weeks out, 
they didn't look at her. Wow. They looked at the C-section that she had for Eclipse. They talked about, we went to have a visit for um, Kari and what his needs are. But every time we went out there, we were advocating and advocating and advocating. It was still this thing where it's because of the fact that it's not her schedule time. She they can't acted be like seen. it was normal. Exactly. It's horrible because yeah. many of these deaths happen postpartum. And the fact that she had an appointment six weeks out and they're like, oh, no, we got to wait for that six weeks is insane. You know, women should be checked on a few days after, a week after. Uh, they should be seen, especially after having major surgery like a C-section. And again, that's one of those things midwives do. Six weeks out is way too long. And I think we need a cultural shift in that. Women should be seen Mm -hmm. much sooner before Mm -hmm. that. Now, Tanya, for you, this is, I know you've produced before, but this is a directorial debut for you. So what was your passion behind this? Yeah, you know, I had been uh, working, raising awareness about the high rates of infant mortality in the United States. I started that back in 2007. You know, we have the same disparity as in maternal health, black babies die at three to four times the rate of white babies in this country before their first birthday. Uh, I found myself immersed in a world of women's health. You know, inevitably someone would tell me about someone who passed away from childbirth complications and wanted to tell a story about it. I wanted to raise awareness about it so that we can do something. I think if we don't have the conversation about what's happening, we can't fix it. And when Shawnee and Omari put out on social media an invitation for a celebration of Shamani's life, along with a conversation with the community about what was happening with Black maternal health, we reached out to film and and they agreed. And that really began the film that you see as Aftershock. How was the process for you, Omari? Making the film? Mm -hmm. Um, It was enlightening. So we did Aftershock, our Aftershock event, on December 19th for Shimani's birthday. So this is two months after she passed. So like during that two month time frame was the darkest time of my life, honestly. Mm. Um, it was filled with uh, my deepest grief, sadness, insecurities, like all these things started coming up. And me being able to process it was, it was difficult, but what I started to do was painting. So when Tanya and Paula came and introduced this film to us. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm not doing this. This is, this is, I'm not at my it's best. Again. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going through things, you know, going through things I've never been through before. But after having a conversation with Shawnee and, you know, her just kind of identifying what the opportunity was, what the possibilities could be. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that, you know, regardless of where the film went, at least we would have something documented about our family so that our kids could watch. Emotionally and uh, mentally, you know, how, how else did you process the trauma of this event other than the pain? Yeah, so thankfully I've got a, a dope community. So as soon as she passed, like I had grief counselors. Beautiful. When Shamani, when she was here, we'd go to couples therapy, you know, so. Oh, so you was already on Yeah, it. I was, I was okay. on it. I was on it. Uh, and I mean, not by choice, <clears throat> to be honest, you <laughs> know. It was something that Shimani was pushing. But, you know, I went once, I went twice, and then I obviously, I, after a while, I saw the value in it. But after she passed, I, stopped, I kept going to the same therapist. And then, like I said, I have family, friends coming in, you know, to help out around the house and provide pampers, diapers, you know, all the things that, that you would need on a day-to-day basis. But in order for me to process my grief, painting was one, but it turned into being this kind of uh, mind-body-spirit training. 
where I was running every day, I was working out, I was painting, I was talking to my therapist, I was talking to family and friends, just different ways to deal with the pain, deal with the grief and, and process it in a way that was positive. And like, that's kind of what I really try to push now, especially to men going through anything because we all go through our own pain. We all go through our own traumas, right? But it's so important that we speak about it, that we communicate it, and that we, you know, we do the things. And this is a, a ongoing, never ending process. I'm gonna be going through this for the rest of my life, right. you know? So it, it is really making sure that I'm being very intentional about how I wanna move my energy and use my energy. When I hear brothers like you tell your story, brothers like, you know, Charles Johnson tell your story, I'm just like, y'all way stronger than me. Cause there's no way. I don't even know if I could even have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Cause I don't even know when it would hit me that this actually happened, yeah. you know what I mean? And then you see your child every day. Yeah, so yeah. every day you're thinking about your queen. It's, I, I honestly don't feel that way. I feel like you, whatever you're given is what you're given, right? Yeah. And you know, God doesn't make mistakes, right? We all have our own griefs, right? Minds might be a little bit deeper than, than others, but when it all comes down to it, if you're gonna be there for your child, yeah. you're gonna be there for yourself, you're gonna be there for your family, you gotta do the work, you That's know? Right. And it's really that simple. That's why I respect it com I respect it coming from you because I know you've allowed yourself to feel. Yeah, yeah. You're not numbing, you know, yeah, the pain. Not at all, not at all. I always say that in your deepest grief, you gain your greatest growth. We have more with Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard. When we come back, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking with Tanya Lewis Lee and Omari Maynard. What would you mm -hmm. recommend to people if a woman, a family, are dealing with a complicated childbirth? They know something's wrong. The hospital is not being responsive. The doctors aren't doing what they're supposed to do. What can you do? You have options. So in the film, there was a sister, her name is Felicia. Mm -hmm. She um, went and had a, an, a birth at a birthing center. But she was already, I think, 34 yeah, weeks like, in. Th yeah, 35 she, weeks. She yeah. was at the end, you know, and she was going to the doctors, you know, to hospitals during this 35-week time period. But she decided to shift because she felt like the need wasn't there. So it's never too late. You know, so your, to your question, I think that it's so important that you understand and learn what's around you. Right. So there are places that rate hospitals based off of the amount of C-sections that they provide to their patrons. Oh, and I, as you say that, I just shout out to Kimberly Seals Aller. Definitely. She's got the Earth app that yes, is actually rated. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Sorry, Kimberly is super dope. Yeah. Earth app. Definitely. For those who don't know what Earth app is, it's basically like a Yelp type of app. Oh, I met her. I met her at the Doula Expo. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's doing great work. And she's so it's that platform that allows people to rate the hospitals, you know, mm -hmm. rate the doctors, rate the nurses, and then those are, that's what you should be doing, Accountability. right? Accountability. Exactly. Now, is there anything you can do, right, after everything happened, the doctors didn't do what they could, this was preventable, mm -hmm. right? So now what happens after that? Is this something that is malpractice? Like, what can somebody do afterward? Mm. Well, can I just say yeah, what, what I think Omari and Bruce are doing is amazing, and what they are doing is activating a community. Bruce uh, is trying to bring a birthing center to the Bronx. Uh, he's already has the womb bus that is going around the Bronx. Uh, and so while unfortunately there isn't a lot that one can do for those that are gone, there are things that people can do for those of us who are here. And, you know, I see that every day in what Save a Rose and Aria mm -hmm. is, is doing. 
But and I think I think all of us have a role to play, quite frankly. I mean, we should be paying attention to what Bruce is doing. We should be supporting that. We need more birthing centers mm -hmm. in New York mm -hmm. City. Uh, we should be paying attention to what's going on in the midwifery profession. We need more midwives. We need more black midwives. We need more black ob We We do. We need more black doctors. And we need to be having the conversation so that we can all figure out how do we make it better for all of us. Absolutely. So, so where did they catch Aftershock at? Aftershock is streaming right now on Hulu. And what, what do y'all hope this project does? You know, I hope that the film Aftershock, as I said, I hope it's a conversation starter. I mm -hmm. hope people watch it and talk about it. I hope people debate it. You know, if, if they look at, well, Felicia had an amazing birth in a birthing center, you know, talk about how you feel about the idea of birthing in a birthing center versus a hospital. Talk about what does it mean to have a midwife. Learn more. We do, we, we cover... The history of midwifery in this country. I mean, the obstetric profession really is based on taking the economy of midwifery out of the hands of black women, put it in the hands of white doctors and hospitals, putting us all into their hands into hospitals and demonizing black midwives. We need to learn about our history so that we understand how we got here. Does so insurance cover midwives? Insurance does not cover midwives. So we need laws. We need laws. Bus. And the good news is that there are laws mm -hmm. right now. Uh, there's the omnibus bills that are in Congress right now working their way through. As I said, many of these deaths are postpartum. So for women who are on Medicaid, we need Medicaid to extend for at least a year postpartum. Often women who are on Medicaid, they get kicked off uh, very soon after delivery. We need to keep them on. Midwives and doulas need to get paid. They need mm -hmm. to uh, be covered as well. So all of that, we need to figure out what's going on and vote because voting matters. Who's in office? We look at right now what's happening with the reversal of Roe v. Wade, which is going to impact black women more than it does anybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly when it comes to maternal deaths, they, there is a study that just said maternal death for black women may go up 33 percent because of this Dobbs decision. And everybody who voted for Donald Trump twice, they're the ones that got us here. But I do like the fact that the documentary does offer some optimism and some solutions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To move forward. And I do feel like, and Omari, thank you so much for actually participating and agreeing to do the documentary and coming up here to spread the knowledge, you know, and the word about it and being so strong for your family. Yeah, no, no problem. Thank you for having us. You know, this is a, this is a moment. I really honestly feel like the film came out at a perfect time where people are listening. Our foundation, the ARIA Foundation, you know, the well, ARIA in itself stands for the advancement of reproductive innovation through artistry and healing. You know, so what we're doing is we're really trying to intentionally create spaces and places and talk about and have these conversations where they weren't being had before. That's right. Make sure y'all go watch the Aftershock documentary on Hulu. Uh, Amari Maynard, Tanya Lewis-Lee, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. It's The Breakfast Club. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has well, R. Kelly's former manager, Donnell Russell, was convicted of falsely threatening to shoot people, and that was at a private viewing of Surviving R. Kelly. They said that it was a short phone call that was made. I actually was there that day when they emptied out the theater. They said the defendant was to the point and he was terrifying someone at the event, had a gun and was going to shoot up the place. He wanted to keep these women quiet, and he succeeded. His threat worked. So it was a screening of Surviving R. Kelly. 
And some of the women that were featured in that documentary were there. It was going to be a screening and then a sit-down conversation that I was hosting. And then all of a sudden, everybody get your coats and get out. Get out right now. And so everyone had to evacuate the theater. The um, documentary had just started. It was only a few minutes in. And so now he has been convicted, and he will be sentenced on November 21st of this year, by the way. All right, now Kevin Hart was on the Pivot podcast with... um, You know, Channing Crowder, Ryan Clark, and Fred Taylor. And Channing Crowder talked a lot about different things, including the fact that he goes to a nudist colony every year with his wife. Me and my wife go to a nudist colony. Like, once a a year, we go to a nudist colony. What's going on? And, you know, we just kind of go around. You got to shave everything and show out. And especially when you shave, your shit looks bigger because you gain inches from no hair. Back up for a second. So y'all get down, is what you're saying. It's kind of the question. But we we don't get down, but we just like to be around naked people together. You hear what you're saying out loud, brother? I hear what I'm saying out loud. It's just eating. You don't like to be around naked people? Be honest with you, I have no desire to be around a bunch of people I don't know just sitting there naked. That's what I said. But some people, but the women, you like you you better strip club. I'm willing to bet. Women. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to bet a good a good number. It ain't a lot of put together people going to this room. <laughs> Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Can you imagine doing that? Well, I guess it's like hedonism. I've been to hedonism a couple of times. Yeah, we had a yeah. So. I used to be the, the when I used to work uh, at another radio station in New York. Uh, that used to be the the, the, the destinations <laughs> trip for radio trips. Really, hedonism, Jamaica. Actually, Bill Bellamy was talking to me about when he went to hedonism. They had a Sunday fun day. Yeah, I've been to that. You've been to Sunday Fun Day? I've been to Sunday Fun Day. And it's, it's, it's interesting when you go to places like Hedonism because literally <laughs> you can look out your window and it's just people doing regular everyday activities just butt naked. Yeah, he said they was sliding down, you know, into the pool butt yeah. naked. It's just like it's like being on a resort, but it's just everybody's naked. And you're like, damn. <laughs> I don't have the confidence of an old white man, though, because I, I, don't, I don't even like nobody seeing me when I get fresh out the shower. So you was out there chilling and hanging? I no, think they I have the hang, prude bro. side and the nude side, from glizzies? what I heard. There's a side where you can wear you clothes, and then there's another side where you have to be naked, right? Yeah, I wouldn't call what I saw glizzies. More like Vienna sausages, not the glizzy. The big joint hanging out the bun. Nah, it wasn't that. More like gym action. You know, when you see the old white man in the gym and all you see is hair. <laughs> Tops of hair down there. What gym you working at? You mean oh, in the, shut up, you man. Mean in the shower. So y'all after. do look at each yeah, other. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, I don't know. I got to ask with you. I got to be clear. All right, now Will I Am was on Skills' Hip Hop Confessions podcast, and he talked about some of his favorite rap artists, and but he doesn't particularly care too much for Biggie and Tupac. I was such a tribe. I'm such a tribe called Quest De La Soul head, right? That I don't like Tupac and Biggie. Like that kind of music doesn't speak to my spirit. Right, got you, got you. So when it's a conversation like that, it's I like I like Boogie Down Productions, mm-hmm. KRS One. If it's like Tupac or Biggie, I'm like KRS One. Right. Why? Why those two? Why those two? I'm going to the source. I'm going prior. Right. If it's Tupac and Biggie, I'm like I, I don't I don't even I don't I don't hold them up like that. Right. Right. I respect everybody's opinion. Everybody has their right to an opinion. But why will I am? Why why did we need to hear that 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 information? Why? And furthermore, Tupac and Biggie in certain songs had those same type of records. Right. Like like no. And I and I, I guarantee you Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul listen to Biggie and Tupac. Keep your head up. I mean, that's a classic. What are we talking about? Sky's, Sky's the, the limit. limit. Like what are we talking about here? Will I am? But on, he just he just he just didn't like Tupac a big ain't nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. That's but he did it. say I will say he did say Tupac is dope. He said don't get me wrong. It's just not like it. I don't think he's dope. But he's saying that's not the music that spoke to his spirit. I right. respect his opinion. I'm just saying 
I don't respect his opinion. <laughs> no, nah, because you, you got to think. You think guy, I'm willing to debate that. Tribe one. and 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 Karis want a different type of the Daisy Age. I loved all of that. Though. You know what I mean? So he just he just didn't. And and by the way, music is subjective, right? So different things speak to your spirit Correct. at different times. There was times Midnight Marauder spoke to my spirit. There was times Life After Death spoke to my spirit. You know what I'm saying? There was times by any means spoke to my spirit. There was times that All Eyes on Me spoke to my spirit. But like, like even me, I didn't get into KRS One until a lot later because KRS One always ished on Queens. So I was just, we just didn't like KRS One. But then, oh, you're from Queens? Yes, I'm from Queens. So you know, I just never rocked with KRS One at first. You I know what I mean? It. But Tribe Called Quest was in my neighborhood. I didn't like Pac early on simply because of he used to go at Mob Deep and Biggie. I was a Mob Deep and Biggie fan. Same with me. You know what I mean? But then when I actually started listening, listening to, to Pac it. and seeing, hearing Same all the socially redeeming value that he had in his music, I respected Same Pac. Same thing with Karis One. I just didn't understand. I don't, I don't you know, salute the will I am. <laughs> Alright, I'm Angela Yee and that's your man? rumor report. Who are you giving your donkey to, man? Four after the out. That's who you're giving it to? What? Talking hedonism, I'm just asking. What is going on? What? <laughs> you still thinking about that, huh? You want to do a radio trip? <laughs> Where did we go? Didn't we go to Jamaica one time? It was not hedonism, bro. It was Montego it's not Bay. Hedonism. Montego Bay, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, four after the hour. Why, why was people naked? Four after the hour. You can um, be topless. I don't think people would Glenn Thompson. <laughs> Glenn Thompson, oh, uh, a Republican lawmaker from Pennsylvania, needs to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him. Then when we did the first radio tour, they nope. tried to... Be, I don't remember nothing. <laughs> they nope. To, nope. They to put I don't remember nothing. Room. No, right. I do not. That never happened. Oh, y'all wanted they to share a room. Remember they tried to do people with roommates? I don't remember that. <laughs> I think it was voluntary for Yeah, you. I don't remember that. All right, well, don't get days up one. next. It's the Breakfast Slow. Good morning. We want to Charlemagne, say the gang, don't get other Charlemagne. You are a donkey. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, <laughs> man, hit me with the heat. Yeah, it's the Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Well, donkey today for Wednesday, July 27th goes to a Republican Pennsylvania lawmaker by the name of Glenn, Glenn Thompson. Now, Glenn Thompson joined a majority of his GOP colleagues in voting against a House bill that will codify federal protections for same-sex marriage. Uh, it's called the Respect for Marriage Act. Oh, yeah. You, you know what the Supreme Court uh, just did with abortion rights? That, that's, that's not stopping that abortion rights. Y'all know that, right? You have to know that, right? Okay, well, Glenn Thompson was one of the majority of GOP colleagues who voted against the bill that would codify federal protections for same-sex marriage. Uh, and that would usually be par for the course in regards to the GOP. But Glenn Thompson's vote against this might come as a surprise to some folks simply because he has a gay son. All right, not just a gay son, but Glenn Thompson actually attended... <laughs> His gay son's wedding just three days after voting against the bill to protect same-sex marriage. You can't make this kind of hypocrisy up. Let's go to NBC News for the report, please. One of the Republican congressmen who voted against protecting same-sex marriage attended his gay son's wedding three days later. The Respect for Marriage Act passed the House last Tuesday, but 157 Republicans voted no on that bipartisan bill. Pennsylvania Congressman Glenn Thompson was one of them. He voted no. He said, nope, not going to defend gay marriage. His press secretary argued it was nothing more than an election year messaging stunt. But after his gay son's wedding in a statement, his spokeswoman said Thompson and his wife were thrilled to attend and celebrate celebrate their son's marriage on Friday mm. night as he began this new chapter in his life, adding they are very happy to welcome their new son-in-law into the family. The GOP so gangster. Ugh, I'm so impressed, not by the hypocrisy, but by the caucasity. 
the unmitigated goal. Listen, I'm going to always be a fan of unity and group operation, and there's not too many entities who move to the beat of the same drum like the GOP. They're not even in power in Washington, but yet they have all the power because everybody on the right, for the most part, is on the same page. Oh, the things Democrats could get done if they could simply get people in their own party to vote as one block. All right, this man, Glenn Thompson, has a gay son, and just three days after voting to not protect same-sex marriage, he just pulled up to his gay son's wedding like it was nothing. All right? Now, if you are a father who doesn't approve of your son's lifestyle and you are a lawmaker, uh, this is one way to protest. But clearly he wasn't protesting his son's wedding because he went. Not only did he go, but he said he was thrilled to attend the nuptials, and he was very happy to welcome a new son-in-law into the family. Hey, Glenn Thompson out here like business never personal. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. We're welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the coaches surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give us his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will be bringing his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoop takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This right here just lets you know hypocrisy is the audacity to preach integrity from a den of corruption. These people will vote against protecting the rights of Americans all the while the same community of people they are oppressing be their brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers. They don't care because they choose party over everything. All we want is for people to practice what they preach or change their speech. How you showed up for your son and his wedding, we want you to have that same energy for everyone, but we want you to have that same energy through legislation. Do it through laws, okay? Let me tell you something, man. This is why I have no faith in politics, because one party clearly knows what their agenda is, and when they are willing to vote against their family, their own flesh and blood, the rest of us don't stand a chance. Okay, if they are willing to vote against laws that strip away rights from their own family, my God, the rest of us are doomed because the other side isn't willing to do that. Okay, I used to believe hypocrites got offended by the truth. I don't believe that anymore because you can tell the truth about Glenn Thompson being a hypocrite and he wouldn't care because it's not like his vote was a secret. It's not like him attending his son's same-sex marriage was a secret. They even had their spokesperson put out a statement. They don't care what you say about them because the GOP has a plan and they are sticking to it. Please give Republican lawmaker Glenn Thompson the biggest hee-haw, even though he don't care. Let Chelsea Handler get some of this, even though Glenn Thompson don't care. That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. Let Kathy Griffin get some. Even Please though. give this giant Clint jar Thompson of mayo the biggest hee haw. That's it? Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, unless you just want to play something to make me feel better. Crackle! Cracker ass cracker! Okay. Feel any better? A little bit. Do it again. Okay, okay. There you go. All right. right. I wonder how his son feels about that. Okay. That is a great question. I would like to know how his son feels about that, too. I really would. Like, you're at my wedding and then you did that? Mm hmm. I wouldn't want you at my wedding if I was, uh. But he did it after the wedding, right? He voted. Mm mm. Three days days before. Oh, three days before. before. And then three days later was the wedding. Yeah. I'd be like, why are you here? Mm hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. They say he came for the glizzies. Yeah. Up next, ask ye eight hundred good glizzies at the reception. Five eight five one zero five one. If you got relationship questions, the any big type joints of questions, that hang out the bun. Or you want to know more about where you can find your favorite glizzy? Call ye right now. I should help you out. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. What's up? It is Asky. What's up, Dominic? Hey ye. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. So, what's your question this morning? Uh, yes. So I was having a problem with a coworker, and I just want to know if either like I'm overreacting, like I shouldn't say nothing, or if I should just let it slide, you know, or if I do need to say something, I mean. Well, tell me what's the so, problem. Okay, so here's what happened. Like maybe like a few weeks back, uh, my coworkers are talking in a group, and you know, I'm like the lone wolf. I come through when I feel like it. <laughs> so... I just came and joined the conversation and one of the older women, she's like 50, 60 maybe, but one of the older women came in and she was like, hey, little girl. Hey, and little girl. I was like, I was like, uh, don't little girl me. 
Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, you know, I was just playing. I didn't mean to for you. I was like, no, it's okay, but just don't little girl me. That's like rude, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, later on that day, she's like, comes and gets me in private. And she's like, I didn't really mean to like uh, talk to you like that. I was like, I mean, that's fine and everything, you know, just. I don't like to be disrespected and da, 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 da. but in the middle of me talking she's cutting me off mm-hmm. she's like saying like oh i'm just letting you know that i'm sorry or that i'm just sorry about the situation or it's not that big of a deal i'm just sorry i'm like how are you sorry if you're cutting me off couple of things here she did apologize right right but you feel like she didn't let you speak right like let me say my piece because you're getting to say your piece Okay, so did you ever get a chance to say your piece? No, you know, I kind of just let it, uh, I just kind of let it go because, like you said, she did say sorry, so it's not really something I dwell on, and I don't disrespect my elders or anything like that. Like, you know... Okay, to me, this doesn't... This may be how she talks. This doesn't have to be something I feel like that, um, you know, she meant to do anything wrong to you, and you're right. Sometimes people are set in their ways and you do want to be respectful and it feels like the fact that she pulled you to the side to apologize even though you didn't like her apology she did make that attempt and so if I were you because sometimes (coughs) when things like this happen and you let it fester it kind of builds up and then you're going to continue to have like a little bit of a chip on your shoulder you should actually tell her be like listen I do want to say I appreciate you taking the time to apologize you know one thing is I didn't get a chance to really speak and say what it is that I had to say and I just wanted to say XYZ and I would love for us to be able to move forward and not have any more misunderstandings in the future but I do thank you for making that effort to reach out well I I gotta tell you why I'm bringing it up today okay because you know that was a few weeks ago and now it seems like she's the one walking around with a problem with me like I'm not addressing it I'm not saying nothing about it but now it seems like there's that like tension in the room or whatever and I don't know if I should address it based on yeah you should Some sometimes these things else. are just a disconnect I think you should definitely address it just say look I feel like there's a little bit of tension so I just would love for us because I appreciate how you came to me first to apologize for what you did and I want to make sure that we're able to move forward without any issues and definitely address it though because it doesn't feel like something that's not fixable Right. And things get blown out of proportion when people don't communicate. It can start here and then snowball and continue. And that feels like it's already starting. So you need to stop it now and stop it dead in the tracks. It wasn't anything that was like, uh, I can never mess with this person again. I need to leave this job and quit. But before it gets to that point, just understand your misunderstanding. Who knows? Maybe y'all will be way tighter than ever after that. Right. That part. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yes. Thank you, Yee. No problem. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right, we got more with ye when we come back. If you got questions, call up right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're in the middle of Ask Yee. Hello, who's this? Good morning. My name is Sean. What up, Sean? How What's you your question today? So my question is, uh, me and my fiance, we've been together for a while, and uh, her mom is just seeing very dictative over her life. And we bump heads a lot. And I was just trying to see, like, what's the way to for us not to bump heads and get along since we better get married? Well, what does your um, fiancé have to say about that? Well, she she had to say that, you know, her mom is her mom. She she's, she loves her mom. Her mom is very oriented. And uh, the fact that she is elderly or old, 
and she, and she's her mom is like fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she just pretty much just say that her mom is just there. They got a good bond. Okay, so you feel this way, but your fiance doesn't feel this way. Right. So really, you're bumping heads with both her and her mom. Well, just yeah. Whenever me and her mom bump heads, the mom. Her mom cut get at her, so then makes me and her bump heads. So yeah. So give me an example of like what makes her mom controlling. Uh, so like, we might be have a dinner date set up and going out to dinner and then have other plans after that. But her mom will call her like, "Hey, I need you. I just need some help real quick or whatever." Uh, and she'd be like, "Well, we out doing something." That her mom would be cussing her out, getting mad to where we have to stop what we're doing. For her to go over there. All right. So this sounds like something that your fiance really needs to handle with her mom, and it's not really anything that you should uh, confront the mother about. It feels like she needs to be the person that takes charge of this and figure out why is it that her mom makes her feel guilty and why she feels like she can't prioritize you at certain times if it's not an emergency, right? Right. So I feel like this is an issue that you need to talk to her about, about how she handles her relationship with her mother, because I don't think that her mom will respect it coming from you. It has to come from her own daughter and her daughter has to be willing to do that. So this is all about setting boundaries, right? So what that means is for your fiance, you need to let her know, look, if it's not an emergency or if we're out and your mom is calling, you know, let her know you're in the middle of something. Tell her she can text you. Or put your phone on do not disturb if you guys are having a planned night out because that's not fair to you. And so she needs to understand there has to be some boundaries set in their relationship or else it's going to affect your relationship. Now, clearly, if there's an emergency of something that she has to handle, yes, by all means, you're supportive of that. But it's not going to be you against her mom. It should never be that. Right. You know, that's a, that's a hard thing to make somebody have to make that decision and that choice. And you really want the mom to be more... Um, you know, accepting and supportive of your relationship than combative when it comes to that, right? Because that doesn't feel good either. Right. So, okay, and what about this? Because I'm trying to uh, get her to explore her her life. I mean, uh, my fiancé is is 30, so she's been here in the city all her life, and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get her to explore the city and move out of the city. But it's just like something against her with her mom to where her mom won't let her move out. Uh, move out the city. <laughs> her mom doesn't want her to break that cord. But does she want to move? She say no. She 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 ain't gonna move because of her mom. Her mom would be upset and mad at her if she was to leave. Well, how far are y'all trying to move? Is it some place that she could drive to where it's easily accessible? Uh, no, it would be a flight. You know that's hard. That's hard to have somebody uproot their whole life. And if you guys are getting married and can't even agree on where you want to live, that's an issue. And I don't know, are you moving just for the sake of moving her away from her mom, or is there something else going on? No, just for the sake of, uh, you know, we're still young, no kids, we got great careers, and it's a whole life out there to explore. Well, why not just go on vacations? Why do you have to move right away? I mean, that's just because, uh, you know how you be in the same city, uh, like we in North Carolina, and we be here all our life, and... Uh, even if we go visit and doing all this other stuff, I mean, it's just, I just feel like there's a whole lot more out there. You know, I mean, we don't do everything here. Right. Well, look, I'll say this. Take your time. Deal with getting through this period of time, with getting married, with deciding, look, if y'all find other great opportunities elsewhere, that might be a reason to move. 
But if somebody doesn't want to, you can't force somebody to want to move. It has to be something that's going to make her feel like this is something I'm excited and want to do. You know, it's, it's baby steps. Yeah, baby steps. Yeah, progress. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. No problem. Good luck on getting married. <laughs> <laughs> sure enough. All right. Take care. All right. Now, if you got a question for you, 800-585-1051. Now, you we got rumors on the way? Yes, and Jesus, Nice, and Meryl, their decision to part ways. We finally got a little bit of insight. We'll talk about what Meryl had to say about their split. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk VMAs. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, the MTV VMA nominees are in. They have been announced, so I'll tell you some of the highlights. And it's going to take place on August 28th at 8 p.m. It's going to be in Newark at the Prudential Center. Video of the year. Doja Cat for Women, Drake featuring Future and Young Thug, Ed Sheeran uh, Shivers. Uh, Harry Styles, as it was, Lil Nas X and Jack Harlow, Industry Baby, Olivia Rodrigo, Brutal, Taylor Swift, all too well. All right, as far as Artist of the Year, that comes down to Bad Bunny, Drake, Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, Jack Harlow, Lil Nas X, and Lizzo. Who you got? Lizzo. For Artist of the Year? I ain't gonna lie, Bad Bunny had an amazing year, too. Bad Bunny definitely did. He broke all kinds of records. Artist of the Year? Mm -hmm. Bad Bunny, Drake, Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, Jack Harlow, Lil Nas X, and Lizzo. Hmm. Jack Harlow had a big year, too. Mm-hmm. I'll go Jack Harlow. All right. So those are just some of the nominees. Now, let's talk about Jesus and Mero. They have decided to split ways. And for the first time ever, one of them has spoken. Mero was on WFAN. And here's what he had to say to Keith McPherson. You know, it's just natural progression, man. You know what I mean? Like, we said on the podcast, it's Hollywood, baby. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you develop... Uh, strengths and things that you want to explore and do you know what i mean and then you know things come through naturally things just happen like naturally you know and you know i'm sure d got his things that he want to do i got my things i want to do you know what i mean like and they're very like specific to us because you know we've been a duo for a long time you know what i'm saying i I love everything that he's done you know what i'm saying like instead of just like staying like yo we're only going to do this one thing you know let's explore let's 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 break out let's let's see what 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 we do as individuals. Now, according to reports, uh, Puck News reported that Jesus and Mero's creative partnership ended over management disputes. And five sources close to the situation said that Showtime asked their manager, Victor Lopez, to no longer attend tapings or appear in meetings. Jesus allegedly took Showtime's side as the network accused Lopez of a-hole behavior. And Mero reportedly stood by Lopez. So mm. those are just some of what sources are saying. All right, Kendrick Lamar sat down with Jazzy's World TV. We love her. And he talked about a viral clip where a security guard was crying while watching him perform Love. Now, that security, Devin Sanford, was at the Toyota Center in Houston, and it went viral when someone posted a TikTok video of him crying while Kendrick performed. He has since released a statement saying, that's me in the post, y'all. This song means everything to me, and I was feeling everybody around me emotions. Definitely love getting paid to do this. Well, here is what Kendrick had to say. So I've seen so many people become very emotional after hearing your music and seeing your performances. So in what ways do you feel you've been able to positively impact people with your music? Yeah, it's really just about the feeling of it. You know, at the end of the day, past all the politics, past all the numbers, is what music make you feel, you know, how it make you feel. So to see that 
And shout out to him, by the way, because I see him, bro. I was like, man, I wonder what he's going through, you know. But at the end of the day, that's how you want everybody to perceive your music and, you know, make them feel good, make them feel like a moment they're attached to. It can live forever. All right, that's a beautiful thing, music that makes you feel something, right? All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, don't forget my car show, August 20th, Atlantic City. If you haven't got your tickets, get your tickets. It's going to be a family fun day. Drive on up, bring the kids, the family, your mama, your grandparents. There's going to be carnival rides, games, roller skating, double dutching, and, of course, cars, cars, cars. We're actually doing a rally from New York to Atlantic City and all the proceeds for the rally actually go to buying kids backpacks so that's going to be dope and Jadakiss just announced that he's going to be joining the rally so I'm excited about that maybe we could get Styles P Fabulous Jim Jones and some other people to rally with us alright but the cars are your favorite celebrity cars like Meek Mill and uh, Little Uzi 50 uh, Little Kim Fab just to name a few so if you haven't got your tickets get your tickets and the mix is up next it's The Breakfast Club good morning The Breakfast Club your mornings will never be the same Unjunk your sleep this summer at Mattress Firm's Black Friday Now sale. Save up to $600 on select mattresses from top brands, plus a free adjustable base up to a $499 value with qualifying purchase. Visit a store near you or mattressfirm.com today. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest joining us Come this on, morning. Come on, man. This royalty right here, man. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? We got the brother Bun B. How we doing? They false advertise me, <laughs> Bun. They called me yesterday, said, yo, Bun is coming by the show. He wants to bring Chill Burgers. We were all excited. Charlamagne was excited. To I know. I was not excited. Mouth. I was yes, upset. Was. I, I was actually, upset. I actually was excited. Because I'm like, why? This is not how I want my first Chill Burger. Bun, no. I be in Bun DMs. I be texting Bun. How long have I been talking to you about Chill Burgers for two months? Y'all heard me on the air talking about it. I want a trail burger. And I was like, my main thing was, do y'all have vegan burgers? And you said, yes, you do. Yes, we do, but I don't have either with me right now. Because I thought the chef was going to come up with me uh, last night, but he couldn't. He had to go home and get everything ready because we got a big day Friday. Now, what's going on Friday for people that don't know, bud? All right, so on Tuesday uh, in Houston, good morning. Well, all of this week, Good Morning America is going around the country looking for the best burger in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they went to four different cities. Houston was one of them. I competed against a brand called Burger Chan. Really good competition. Um, but we won. And so Trill Burgers is one of four burgers that are going to compete for the best burger in America on Good wow. Morning America in Times Square. Who's the wow. judge? I have, that I don't know. Okay. So like, is there Because so, I can't talk. They won't tell us. So I can't like hop in the DM and shoot them a cash app. <laughs> shoot a cash app. But yeah. you won't need it because everybody who's had the Trill mm-hmm. Burger loves it. They go crazy for it. So it looks amazing. Like yeah. I, I, it just looks like a tasty ass, juicy ass burger. We man. put a lot into it. You know, uh, when I was approached by Andy Wynn and Nick Skirfield about partnering with them on this burger, I was I had been looking for an entry point into the food industry for a while Mm -hmm. and they approached me with a concept that was very easy to consistently produce um, very easy to scale up and replicate and when I tried the burger I was like yo this is like a real good burger can Mm -hmm. it get better and they were like yeah give us a couple of days Um, we think we can improve on it when I came back and tried it the second time I was like I'm ready to go and we sat around for a while trying to think of like, you know, mm-hmm. we go buns, 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 burgers. I'm like, look, <laughs> we got a brand that with 30 years of blood, sweat, and tears equity. Let's just call it Trill Burgers. Everybody will know what it is. As long as they see my face associated with the name, they'll know it's official. Mm-hmm. And we put that product out there about a, a little over a year ago at the Tastemaker Awards in Houston. 
uh, which is the biggest culinary rewards uh, for restaurants and chefs in the city. And we had the biggest line all night. Wow. And the momentum just built up from there. We've been traveling around the country um, doing pop-ups and catering events. And um, festivals really has been like the big one for us mm -hmm. because a festival allows me to be in one place for three days. Um, the cultural cue point works because it's a hip hop festival. Right. My brand works in that space. So I'll get people to show up just on GP just to show love. Be like, you know, well, let's just see if the burger is good. And they tried to realize the burger is great. And now they're in one place for three days. So after they try it on Friday mm -hmm. and they like it, they come back Saturday, they bring right. their friends. People see the line getting longer every day. So it exponentially increases. Uh, every day through festivals, and that's been a good business model. Yeah, my fat ass definitely tried to get uh, a trail burger at the Black Effect Podcast Festival, but that was more for my own personal reasons <laughs> than, than everybody else. Yeah, no, I seen James Harden tried the other day, and they, they, you said before you pulled your camera out to tape him, the burger was Yeah, going. no, it's crazy. As soon as I pulled it, like, he was eating the burger. I was like, hold on, let me get my phone. Let me get some footage of this. And by the time I got the phone out, the man had one bite left, and by the time <laughs> I started recording him, he was done. Um, and it's crazy because my, my niece said, um, Uncle Bun, we're going to have to start asking for dietary restriction. Because I took my nieces and my granddaughter to Rolling Loud. And all they wanted to do was meet Baby, little Baby. Right. And we got the little Baby. And Baby wanted a burger, but he doesn't like cheese on his burger. Oh, oh. right. So they got so, a special. So we're going to create like custom. a special Plain What's, Jane. The Plain Jane is going to be okay. like the next Trill Burger. What's dietary. your um, favorite? What's your favorite things on the on the Trill Burger? So our menu is very simple. Uh, that's, that's the way that we're but able to keep it consistent. Customize it. Oh, no, for me, I mean, we got my, my burger's the Trill OG burger. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's my namesake. Uh, two slices of American cheese, two um, one fourth pound patties, uh, two pickles, our pat in the Trill sauce, and a March right. potato roll. <laughs> and it's, it's <laughs> man, my was drooling over here. And no, and it's, it's an amazing burger. Like, I tell people that, and people think I'm over talking, as people should. Like, they should think that their mm -hmm. brand is the sh but. When you try my burger, you realize, yo, this burger really is the best burger in the world. What's in that trill sauce? I mean, it's a balance of ketchup and mayo, but there's also a, a third ingredient that I, I, I don't say. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was I, good. I, I, get, I get you close, but <laughs> I, I, I get you close, but I can't take you all the way. I knew it was good when I saw Lil Duvall eat it, and I, I texted Duvall, I said, man, is the trill burger really that good? He said, nah, man, that's good. Duvall don't eat. That's right. what people don't realize. I got Crunchy <laughs> Black to eat either. a burger. Wow. And Crunchy Black don't eat food. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And he ate the whole burger. He's like, I ain't stopping till I eat this whole burger. Wow. And the first thing Paul would say, hey, man, that man don't eat food, so wow. it's got to be good. Damn. Now, we're getting a really good reaction from people, man. We got a really good product. We believe in it. We got the Trill OG burger. We have the uh, onion burger, which is basically a Trill OG with smothered caramelized onions on top. And then we got the vegan burger because I don't want to leave people out of this hey. process. I know a lot of people mm -hmm. um, in communities of color are embracing a healthier lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So we want to be a part of that. We want to make sure that everybody that wants to get a Trill burger has access to a Trill burger and has one that they would prefer. And when is that? When is that? Burgers, chicken burgers. That that's coming. I okay. keep getting a lot of calls about turkey burgers. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And turkey burger, turkey patties. Um, you source different, and you have to flavor different. Yeah. Um, I feel like it needs a lot more flavor. Yeah, but but my thing is, I really want to at some point try. I don't know if anybody's ever had ground lamb. But ground lamb actually holds seasoning really, really well. I love lamb. I never had ground lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, some either. friends of mine in Houston, the E.T. Boys, they had created um, the lamb burger mm. uh, a couple of years ago. Mm. And I was like, I didn't even really like lamb until they did that. Wow. And then I tried another lamb burger, and I realized how it holds the seasoning. So we want to have a, a menu that 
gives everybody the opportunity to come in and try a trail burger. So, yeah, turkey burgers and chicken burgers are something that we have to consider. When's that franchise opening, though? I know the trail burger franchise coming. Yeah, no, my thing is, you know, in order to do this properly for the long run, I have to get that one door done right. You know, give it about a year, figure out my, my, my system in terms of sourcing ingredients. You know, staffing is going to be a problem as this brand explodes. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to scale how we approach this because I get calls every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every time you see somebody of uh, status and uh, of means try a Trill Burger, they go, I got bread, I got money, I want in. Because <laughs> they know this is going to work. They see me as a salesman out here working this brand myself. Mm-hmm. So they know that this thing is going to work. But it, And it would be cool to just take all this cash and infuse the company, but that would just dilute my, my shares of the mm-hmm. company. Yeah. Um, but also, man, I just want to take my time with this because... I really think I have the best burger in the world, and I just want to take the time to bring it out to people carefully. Smartly. I agree with that. Open your flagship. Make yes. sure that everything, when you do franchise, there has to be some type of quality control. Absolutely. Because it still represents the brand no matter what. So. And we want to hire from within, so we want to bring people on this team that, mm-hmm. you know, who start in our kitchen and move to the front of the house and eventually become, uh, you know, managers and district managers, regional managers, trainers, and eventually franchise owners, Mm -hmm. you know? I would love to build this company from the bottom and make a whole new batch of Rich Pauls out here in the food industry. Absolutely. Bun B, tomorrow he's going to be on Good Morning America. Yeah, it's not, it's not. It wasn't like an official conversation. No. Bun just pulled up real quick. That's right. You know to tell and us what's I, happening I, Friday. I appreciate it, man. Y'all have always made the door open to me. Literally, I walked in, the door was open. <laughs> and, uh, nah, but y'all have been so gracious with y'all platform for people, man. You know, y'all make yourselves available and give people a, a place to speak their truth and talk to the world. Now, I've always respected and appreciated it, man. And well, I want to say thank you too, Bun. You know, for the for the car shows, Bun gave me his car for Houston, and he gave me his cars for Atlanta. And I just want to say thank you. And Bun pulled up to all the car shows, signed pictures, t- took pictures with people, and walked around the car shows, talked to people, greeted people. So that means a lot to me and definitely the people and the kids out there, man. So thank you. Nah, man, I'm a people person, man. I think that's my best trait is the fact that I'm a personable and approachable. Always. Approachable, excuse me, you know. Absolutely. Well, it's Bun B. Yeah. It's the Breakfast Club. We got True the positive burgers. note when we come back. Support them on Friday. If you're in Times Square, go out and support them or watch it on television. And make sure if you're out and about, you get that Trill Burger. Now, Charlamagne, what you heading out to do? Well, first, I want to say uh, thank you to my man, Stephen Colbert, man. You know, that's home for me, uh, the Colbert Show. I, I, I go on Colbert Show all the time. But, you know, Stephen Colbert is the executive producer of my late-night talk show, Hell of a Week. Uh, second season premieres this Thursday at 11.30 p.m. right after The Daily Show. So I was on there last night. So salute to him. And I'm about to head out to go uh, host Good Day New York uh, with Roseanne Ascato. Rosanna Scott. Yeah. Hey. Salute to Roseanne. Hey, That's the homie. So I'm going to said, we'll see you. I'm going to co-host uh co-host with her. Um and also make sure you go get your tickets for the Black Effect Podcast Festival. It's happening Sunday, August 28th uh in Brooklyn. We got live podcast from the 85 South show Horrible Decisions just added Earn Your Leisure Just Hilarious will be there just to name a few so make sure you go to blackeffect.com slash podcast festival to get your tickets we got food we got drinks we got my man Mouse Jones doing trap karaoke we got a business in podcasting uh, panel a woman in podcasting panel all kind of good stuff man so uh, make sure you join us on Sunday August 28th and my positive note is simply this trust that what God removes is just as important as what she provides. Breakfast club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. 
That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.